Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amra Sandu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. And it is a it is a kind and humble and ridiculously <laughs> epic trick to be here today. We've got with us Dr. David Hamilton. David, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic. Yeah, how are you today? Thanks. First of all, thanks for having me on. But you know, how are you today? I am amazing. I like I said to you before, I'm better for having you here. This is an absolute treat for us. For those that are tuning in for David for the first time, give me a quick sec. He is now the author of 11 books, yeah, <laughs> including this gorgeous little Amazon bestseller called The Five Side Effects of Kindness. And we're totally going to go there today, but he also recently wrote a book, which I love this title, Why Woo Woo Works. And <laughs> we're going to unpack some of that today as well. David, I love your energy, what you're putting out in the world. I love your books. Thank you so much. And I really just want to start there with the question. It seems like when I'm researching your work that we're actually wired for kindness we're actually like some part of our biology is like yeah it's got the chemicals to support it a lot of the research that you do i know you've got a phd in chemistry and you go all the way to the nth degree in terms of what's going in our inner world with these interactions that are happening in our outer world through kindness can you tell us a little bit about that realization and, and your findings in that space yeah well, well first of all absolutely you're right we, we are absolutely wired. we are genetically wired for kindness in fact do you know the kindness genes uh, and I, when I say kindness genes, I mean the genes that play a central role 
and how kindness has physiological effects. Those are some of the oldest in the human genome, about mm. 500 million years old and three and a half minutes. No, not the three and a half minutes. But <laughs> <laughs> like, that's awfully precise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. About, about, about 500 million years old, give or take a million. Right? Yeah, okay. give or take three uh, and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, that, that sounded funnier in my head. Yeah. <laughs> It sounded funny to me. Don't stress. Um, oh, thanks. I appreciate yeah. I appreciate you. You're humoring me. Yeah. Well, no, that's amazing. So, um, yeah, that's incredible. So that the most ancient parts of ourselves are actually geared yeah. toward kindness. Absolutely. It's funny because a lot of people think of of us as having, you know, being a selfish species. But mm. in, in actual fact, what's what's kept us going so long is our capacity to to cooperate, to help each yeah. other, even to, to, to love and to have compassion. I mean, you, you can see it actually in parents caring for their young. That's something that, that's genetically wide. If we didn't have that capacity for compassion and patience and, you know, and, and in the wider sense and community sense of community and cooperation, human species wouldn't be here today. So, so those, those genes are absolutely crucial, mm. uh, but literally our kindness genes are some of our oldest genes in, in the genome. And it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I love that. And it's uh, it's such an ode to existence, isn't it? The way that everything yeah. is sort of, and it makes sense when I hear you say it that way, you know, like everything that society, culture, human beings, tribes, how important connection is and how much of a lubricant for connection kindness really is and that we're actually yeah. wired for that kindness because we're wired for connection. I, I totally resonate with that. And I will, I will, ask for the audience what the side effects of kindness are but before we go there i would love to find out if we are so wired for kindness like you said it's the most ancient part of ourselves why is it so scarce do you feel in today's society do you feel that or is that just my perspective on the world because maybe i'll preframe this with a little bit like this year i uh, i set an intention for myself every year this year it was simplicity and the year before it was actually kindness where i came across some of your work yeah and it was actually i hate to admit this but honestly it was way harder than i actually thought it was gonna be in fact when i set the intention for kindness and trying to be more kind and do small acts of kindness I actually was way more aware initially of how it was like meditation, you know, so when you first start meditating, it's like you start seeing all the busyness of your mind. I started first identifying how much there was just space, like how many spaces I was unkind in, um, which sounds a bit intense when I put it that way, but it was actually kind of difficult to embrace kindness. And so going on that journey to ask you, like, what do you think, like, is it something that is, is it just me that struggles with kindness or do you see this other people struggling with it too? And if so, why is it so hard if it's something that's so innate to us? I, I think a lot, a lot of us struggle with it. You know, you know, our deepest nature is, is kindness, is, is to love, is compassion. But sometimes when, you know, we are also wired for self-preservation. Mm. And so we have these two parts of us. And so what happens in our lives as we go through, as challenges occur, in our lives, we, we, we feel threats to our survival. It's not actual threats, but that's how our, our consciousness, how our nervous system perceives them as, as threats. And so what happens is we essentially, uh, we almost cover up the kindness aspect sometimes because we feel like we're, we're just having to survive. Mm. And so a lot of people go into kind of fear and that, that masks, it just puts a temporary cloud 
over the kindness. And so it's not that people are not inherently kind. It's just in the moment, in this particular moment, uh, something is blocking it because it may be sometimes it, it can be a consequence of previous life experience. Sometimes it can be a consequence of perception of the immediate uh, circumstances, but it's like a cloud. But, you know, one metaphor I, I, I often use, my, my partner, Elizabeth, gave this to me one day. We were on an air, we were on the ground in an aircraft and it was pouring with rain. It was really cloudy and we were rising up. And she says, in a moment, uh, we'll rise above the clouds to a place where the sun's always shining. Mm-hmm. And it's a metaphor for life, really, that people can be presenting their clouds and their storm fronts. But when you poke through the clouds, there's only sunshine, mm-hmm. you know, but but that's the, that's the skill, isn't it? That's the challenge is, is to see through that, is even when someone is presenting a storm front, the, the, I think the skill is to recognise that there's sunshine underneath that. And maybe my job right now isn't to react to the storm, but is to, to, to know that there's sunshine there. And maybe my job is to pull that out and to see, to perceive that. And if, if I can perceive the sunshine, then I can actually, the heat of that sunshine, that I, because I'm feeding it now, can actually burn off some of the clouds. That's mm. how I sometimes try to, to work in my life. It's not, it, it's not always easy. I, I, you know, I've written books on kindness and it's, it, I struggle with it all the time. You mm. know, it's not, it, just because I can talk about it doesn't mean it's easy, yeah. but, Sometimes knowing or thinking of it in that way does make it a little bit easier. A little bit, dude. That's an epic metaphor. That is so yeah. profound. I love that. It's almost like the, yeah, tuning into the sun above the clouds is like the inner radiance of the, of the person or the being that you're interacting with. And I, I guess even as you're describing that, you know, you you meant you you mentioned the word like um, perpetuation, and I imagine you know knowing a little bit about sort of neural pathways and how they get laid down. Um, if we're consistently presenting storm fronts ourselves, we're generally wiring more and more storm fronts. Is that is that what you would is that a safe assumption? To... Absolutely. You know, the more the more we behave in certain ways, the more those behaviours become easier because literally we are wiring in, we are laying down ever so ever so increasing numbers of those tracks. Just like if I was working with a muscle. The more I work out that muscle, even if I didn't really want to work out that muscle, but it just so happens that that's the way I get up every day and I get up and I keep, I don't mean to, but I just lean to that side. It means that muscle is going to get really strong. I don't, yeah. I'm not intending for it to get strong, but I'm, I'm building up the muscle fiber. So similarly, even when we don't particularly want to behave in a certain way or think in a certain way, if we keep doing it habitually, the muscle, if you like, gets stronger, the neural pathways get more wired and it becomes just easy to default into that behavior and that's why sometimes change requires a little bit of conscious effort and then Mm -hmm. determination to recognize this is how i'm behaving this is how i have to behave instead Mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah and i think that alludes to the part where i was really struggling because having that awareness of like i want to be kind and then witnessing all the ways that i was just sort of rushing around places and because i was in a rush i wasn't slowing down i didn't i kindness was like a was a luxury to afford you know and I was like actually I think I kind of need to slow down a little to sort of take in the moments and I hate to sort of sound ageist but I remember the other day I was at the um I was at the post office sending a friend of mine a gift and uh it was this big I was sending him a handpan I'm not sure if that means anything to you but nonetheless it was this I had to duct tape this whole thing and make it really safe and secure and and this lady she was at least 80 yeah. And she stopped and she said, let me help you. And I was just like, oh, it's okay. I can do it. And she was like, 
no, 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 no. You're going to be here all day. And she was hilarious, right, this, this lady. Oh. She's like, you're going to be here all day? Seriously? I'm I'm worried about your day just watching you do this by yourself. Let me help you. What am I doing with my day anyway? And I was like, you're funny. All right, cool, let's, let's do this. And she held it, and I, like, wrapped it up. Oh. And it was this moment, and I could just see how happy it made her. I could see how happy it made me. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just such a joy to receive. And for me, it was this massive, um, affirmation that actually taking things a little bit slower and being present to, I know I've got to get to that meeting, but actually five minutes of my time might really help out this other human here. And we are kind of all in this together. And just the way that lady just did it with so much grace and humor, she sort of poked a little bit of fun at me at the same time as well. I loved it. It was all, it was right up my alley. Um, but yeah, do you think that is one of the precursors, like actually in today's modern world, like being so like sped up, do you think you need to slow down a little bit? Would that be? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I love your honesty saying it because, you know, people look at you as a, a teacher and think, you know, I, I have the same kind of thing. People think, oh, that guy, David's written these books. He must be a, an expert in all these things. He must be walking about with, you know, fairy dust falling off <laughs> on a cloud. <laughs> you know, Why do you think I did this podcast? I just want to scoop some of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, but you know what I mean? It, it, we perceive others in certain ways, but in actual fact, we're all, we're all just human having our own challenges and, and I, I have challenges with slowing down as well and I have challenges with being the best version of myself and I don't always succeed I try but I, I don't always succeed but definitely what I love about what you said there is is you're so you become aware of yourself and that's the first step to change isn't it we can't change unless we we recognize this is how I'm being and and I, I'm very similar to yourself and and that I recognize sometimes that I have to slow down. And, and when I do, and then an opportunity presents itself to assist with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I say, the nicest possible way to assist with it is a <laughs> way to frame it. This, this is assisting me in my goal to slow down, <laughs> even though it's a pain in the butt right now. <laughs> it's assisting me to slow yeah. down. But by recognizing that, though, and then having that little interaction, I mean, that flooded your body with what I call kindness hormones, and it also flooded her body with kindness hormones. And they have a multitude of beneficial effects. And, and, and it's in that little exchange, you said it, you felt good, she felt good. I, I think sometimes that's what it's all about. It's just that momentary exchange that lifts you. And then it, then it so happens that when we come back to the thing that we needed to do, we're actually now at a more elevated version of ourselves. Yeah. You know, so even though we might have lost five minutes by being a little bit kind of later, we're actually gaining 45 minutes in yeah. terms of the the an impact that that deeper sense of that shift in consciousness we've just experienced with that interaction puts us into an elevated state. And it means what you're about to do is far more effective, far mm. larger, deeper, grander, wiser. And that and it's only through learning you recognize that that's what happened. That This is who I've now become that you think my goodness, I can use more of these opportunities yeah. as they present myself. And maybe it's not about me being busy all the time, but me being a bit more, having richer experiences and bringing more of, of myself to the table rather than just rushing to the table, actually bringing myself, more of myself to the table. And that's when these kindness opportunities do actually help to facilitate bringing that richer version of ourselves to the table. I love that. And I will ask you about the benefits. Promise I will get there. <laughs> but just in this moment, you mentioned um, 
what I was hearing is, you know, us slowing down and I'm, you know, I'm sort of. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pulling something out of the ether here, but how important is... I guess, self-kindness then in order to facilitate kindness with others. Like I'm realizing that as I'm talking to you, it's like, oh, slowing down is actually probably a kindness that I'm affording myself as well as just one example of a kindness. How is like, you know, and imagine going back to your metaphor with the sun and the storm fronts, like, you know, potentially giving myself the opportunity to recognize that I'm not always the storefront and tuning back into the sun and, yeah, how important is, is that element of it in your work? Crucial, actually. And, and it's, I'm glad you asked that because I think it's the bit that most people either forget about mm. or struggle with mm. the self-kindness. And I always say that we have to be kind to ourselves. And there's no particular order. Like it, being kind to yourself doesn't mean being kind to myself instead of others. It doesn't actually mean being kind to myself before others, and neither does it mean being kind to myself after I've been kind to others. It, it doesn't say anything about the sequence at all. And I think that, for me, that means it will vary from person to person, from context to context. You know, sometimes it will be kind. I have to be kind to myself before someone else because I need this to support my mental health. Mm -hmm. But other times, you know, it's okay. I, I could be kind to you in the moment. Then I'll be kind to myself afterwards. And sometimes it's recognizing both at the same time, but there's no particular set sequence, I, I think, to it. But what is important is always to have in your consciousness, I need to be kind to myself as well as, you know, to always to include yourself. And that can be something so subtle. It can be just pausing for a second and taking a breath. It can be just, you know, it, being kind to someone else can actually be being kind to yourself mm. when you recognize that this is actually what I need for me. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, I'm being kind to myself at the same time. It's not a selfish thing. It's recognition of the importance of kindness to both of us. And that this little momentary exchange is actually vital for the evolution and the current present time experience of, of both of us. So but yeah. great question. It's so, so important. No, I appreciate self kindness. That. Yeah. And I feel, yeah, even just being more resourced as I'm hearing you say that is like, you know, sometimes with just running off the storm front analogy again is like, you know, I find when we're, well, I find personally not when we're speaking on behalf of everybody here, <laughs> I find personally for me when I'm less resourced, I'm, I'm more inclined to storm front, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, whereas if I've, you know, and I know this from my daily meditation practice, you know, sitting down 60 minutes, tuning in, it's 
gorgeous like what emerges on the other side of that some days it's like oh gotta get up baby's happening stuff's gotta go it's like coffee in boom here we go and mm. it's like those days are generally more storm fronty in my interactions generally and it's like oh i notice the difference when i'm not connected to my practices connected to myself yeah. and those things that potentially mean self-kindness to me yeah yeah so there are many benefits. I have tuned into uh, one of them potentially already. I know kindness makes us happier. Tell us a little bit about that one. Some of the benefits of kindness. Let's go there. <laughs> yeah, well, well the, the first major benefit of kindness is supporting our mental health. You know, kindness makes us happier. And, uh, you know, lots of studies ask people to do, like, you know, like a certain number of acts of kindness over the course of either a day, a week, a month or something. And they chart the, the happiness Sometimes the studies are, they, they look at your happiness level before and then after the period of time. Sometimes what they do is they compare your happiness levels with people who are just asked to be their normal selves. But whatever permutation they do, the study, whatever version of the study, the results are always the same. Those who are being kind become happier as a consequence of being kind. And one of the, there's a couple of reasons. One is that kindness fiddle, because of how kindness feels, it fiddles around with our brain chemistry. And we generate more of what we call, you know, positive, happy chemicals like dopamine and, you know, serotonin, oxytocin, you know, and, and these can facilitate happier experiences. But if we keep doing it, what actually happens is we cause physical changes in brain structure. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, what we talked about earlier, you know, working at a muscle. If I was to work at a muscle, two things happen. It becomes firmer, it becomes larger. Now, mm -hmm. uh, as you know, when we do, when we work out a region of the brain, we also get muscle growth, although neuroscientists don't call it muscle growth. We like to sound more cleverer than that. So we call it neuroplasticity. Yeah. But the idea is much Myelination. the same. Myelination. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, but, you know, the idea is much, the principle is very, is very similar. Yeah, okay. But here's the thing. What kindness does, we know this from, from uh, looking at, at brain changes in people who do what I call kindfulness practices. So they're, they're like mindfulness, but instead of focusing on the breath, we're focusing on kindness. And so, but what happens is they also cause the physical change in the brain, but there's a slight, there's a frontal region that gets affected, but with a slight bias to the left-hand side and a slight movement inwards from the immediate front to the medial regions. Now, what these regions are, are associated with is happiness and joy and feeling ele an elevated states, almost something spiritual states of consciousness. So just like if I worked out that muscle and it became more developed, it means that everything I use that muscle for becomes easier. Well, same way in the brain. If I develop these brain regions, slight bias there, slight deepening there, then everything that these brain regions are used for becomes easier. So being able to extract happiness from the everyday moments of life becomes easier. And, and that's why in the long term, what you see is not only does kindness boost happiness, but it's actually protective for our mental health against some of the, the events and circumstances and challenges that, that occur in our everyday lives. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I can see how that also then alludes to what you call the second benefit as well, which is like, it's really good for our heart, right? Because wow. if our mind is sort of easing out, I'm sure it's having an impact on our emotions is that is that probably where it's in fact yeah. absolutely in fact in fact the, the principal physiological effects of kindness come because of how kindness feels you know like when a person the, the one thing i always uh, share with people and get across is physiologically and neurologically speaking kindness is the opposite of stress now most of us assume 
<clears throat> most of us assume that the opposite of stress is peace or it's calm. Yeah, or it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are, that's not the opposite of stress. That's the absence of stress. Close, but it's not the opposite. It's the absence. The opposite of stress in terms of the, the physiological opposite effects is kindness. Because think about stress hormones are produced, like adrenaline and cortisol, because of how stress feels. Not because you're in a stressful situation, because two people can be in the same situation. One feels stress, one doesn't. The one who feels stress will have elevated levels of stress hormones. So yeah. they're not produced because of a situation, but because of how it feels. So similarly, when you be kind, you produce kindness. I call them kindness hormones to draw that parallel. But again, they're not produced because you're being kind. They're produced because of how kindness feels, how that momentary sense of connection or elevation or gratitude or just joy or something, how that feels produces kindness hormones. And research shows that they actually have opposite effects. When the kindness hormones go up, go up the stress hormones come down. When the stress hormones are up, the kindness hormones are down and it's like a seesaw kind of thing. Now, we know that stress hormones it can lead to elevations in blood pressure. Well, kindness hormones have the exact opposite effect. They reduce blood pressure. The main kindness hormone is oxytocin. You know, it's the reproductive hormone, but that's only a, one part of its role. It play, it's called a cardioprotective hormone. It plays a huge role in cleaning and protecting the cardiovascular system. It actually parks it on the lining of the blood vessels. And I say park, it's like, you know, a vehicle parks in a parking bay. Well, it turns out there's, there's billions of parking bays specifically for the kindness hormone that line our blood vessels. And so the kindness hormone parks on the lining of the blood vessels and it's produced in abundance because of how kindness feels. So we produce it because of how kindness feels. Turn a wee tap on, out comes the kindness hormones. They park and it causes a little fancy chemical reaction that leads to a reduction in tension in the walls of the blood vessels. And as they reduce in tension, they expand, they go and they dilate. And now the heart doesn't have to push as hard to get the blood through. So the heart says, oh, this is easy. And the heart releases some of its pressure, chills out a little bit. And that causes a reduction in blood pressure. So that's one of the main ways why kindness hormones are cardioprotective because they reduce blood pressure as opposed to stress hormones, which elevate blood pressure so that you can see that opposite effect. When the kindness hormones goes up, then the blood, not only the stress hormones come down, but the blood pressure comes down as well as a consequence because of how they act directly on the lining of our blood vessels. <sighs> Thank you. I literally got my homework <laughs> from what you just shared. I can see myself already feeling into, I can, that was just beyond profound for myself personally. In moments of stress, the, the antithesis of that is actually kindness. And I can yeah. see when I'm in stressful situations, and in fact, stress is just a perceived stress. And it's actually oftentimes got nothing to do with the third party or whoever that is on the other side of the table. But generally, I act out in an unkind way, in a bit more selfish way, because I'm like processing stuff and I'm in my head or I'm in my journey, do my thing. And I just realized that that's the work actually for someone like myself is like I'm stressed and oh what so this opportunity is here to assist me <laughs> as you so kindly put it to potentially go against the grain of just you know being like oh being abrupt and and actually affording some kindness in that situation and that's reforming the groove dude that was huge for me thank you so much for sharing it and articulating it that way that was really crystal clear and I love just how yeah it just made so much sense it made so much sense
Some of those cardiac. Oh, thank, thank you for your kindness. Glad you would. So from there, the um, the the heart. Does that then? I know age. Like you, you mentioned, another benefit is it's slowing down aging. So, is the heart the men, the good mental state, the good heart, the good cardiovascular? Is that a big sort of like two key factors that then bleed into longevity from there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, some of the anti-aging effects, there's a number of different ways that kindness hormones actually counteract the aging effects of stress hormones, because we know that chronic stress ages us. So if kindness hormones are having opposite effects, then you can actually see why they're slowing it down. In fact, one of the, the studies on aging took cells from our skin that make up 90, 95% of our skin and put them under stress in the lab and recognized that the stress effects on these cells was causing them to age. In fact, mm -hmm. were, and scientists can measure this by measuring the increase in levels of what are called free radicals. Mm -hmm. You know, free radicals is the things that cause oxidation. So if you leave an apple on a table for a week or two weeks, you'll notice that the apple will wrinkle. Mm -hmm. Now, what's causing that is oxidation. Mm -hmm. To a scientist like myself, what causes the oxidation is free radicals. We call it oxidative stress. Yeah. Everyone else, you know, if you're referring to cellular processes, it's called oxidative stress. But in everyday language, it's called oxidation. Mm -hmm. So an apple ages and wrinkles because of oxidation. Mm -hmm. And it's caused by free radicals. Exactly the same thing happens in our bodies as well. We, we wrinkle and age as well. Fortunately, it takes a heck of a lot longer than it does for an apple. And that's because we, we produce antioxidants. And an antioxidant is just something that's anti oxidation it cancels it out it, it it produces it negates it basically now one of the major antioxidants in the body is the kindness hormone oxytocin it's a huge antioxidant activity and scientists demonstrated this on the aging process of cells by putting these cells under pressure in the lab and they aged in other words they produced free radicals really quickly did the identical experiment but this time they put some kindness hormone and they put some oxytocin the levels of free radicals i.e the aging process dropped through the floor dramatic slowing of the aging of the cells in the presence of the kindness hormone dramatic drop i mean substantial reduction in levels of free radicals which cause the oxidation aging massive reduction and the only difference was a few drops of the kindness hormone now here's a really cool thing you can't eat or drink the kindness hormone the only way to get it in your the only way to get it into your skin Damn it. I was going to ask you, what was the best, well, I was going to ask you, what's the best yeah, way yeah. to administer this to me? You can't put it in a product, unfortunately. Where's my yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is nature guiding us. You know, nature's, yeah. I call this nature's catch 22. You can't get this, the benefits of kindness unless you're actually genuine in meaning what you do, because the only way you produce the kindness hormone is through feeling it. And the only way to feel it is if you mean it. So you have to mean it to feel it. So I call that nature's catch 22. Nature has it seemed inbuilt into us that you can't get that effect unless you actually mean it. So what happens in the skin cells is that dramatic slowing down of the effect. The only way to get the kindness hormone into the skin is to produce it. So the best way to produce it is, is through how kindness feels. There is other ways, you know, like uh, emotion, close emotional contact, empathy, compassion, any, any close caring contact produces the kindness hormone as well but kindness is one of the ways that generates it but whatever you, way you produce it you can't eat it or drink it you have to produce it and so the way to slow down aging or one of the ways to slow down aging to counteract the the effects of chronic stress is 
call it chronic kindness, <laughs> you know, mm. just be kind, but you have to mean it. And the only way, because the only way you're going to get the effects is if you mean it, because you have to mean it to feel it. And you have to feel it to produce the kindness hormone that has these anti-aging effects. Oh, I love that. That makes so much sense. And it's, yeah, it's so inspiring to feel into what's possible. Uh, yeah, I really, really, really. I mean, I, I've been that. practicing this for 107 yeah. years. <laughs> I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say you guys didn't know that David's 107, but you. <laughs> I'm glad you went there. <laughs> the inspiration is now through the room. <laughs> yeah, no. No, still... Subtract 56 from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still looking for that pit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's amazing. And I love the fact that you alluded to this as well, the empathy and the compassion that comes from there. It improves our relationships, which is the fourth benefit you mentioned in the book, which, you know, for someone like myself, connection is my highest value, um, mm. which probably speaks to why I probably set kindness as an intention for a whole year. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of, it's, it's something that I literally believe, you know, even getting a bit down the rabbit hole, you know, so much of addiction even, you know, is a lack, lack of connection in my humble opinion. Mm. Um, and that connection can be connection to ourselves, a spiritual connection, connection to our friends and family, loved ones around us. I think today, especially with the digital world, the online space, it can, like there is a there is a great connection. Like obviously, you know, we're doing a podcast, I'm able to connect with someone on the other side of the planet. It's 10 a.m. where you are. It's 9 p.m. where I am. What is actually going on? It's incredible that we have this ability to connect via the digital but at the same time, it's not the same. And like when I heard you say you've got to kind of mean it, there's something about the physical that's just, it's the physical, you know, it's the way nature designed it. Um, and so you mentioned that kindness is, you know, it's this thing that builds connection. Um, yeah. yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah, so so kindness is like the doorway into connection. And you can do it even, even online. So it, it, it's a little bit more difficult to connect than it is face to face because we are wired to face to face because think of the evolution of the human species. The ability to do Zoom calls is something that's happened at like one nanosecond in terms of the whole recorded history yeah, span of time. Totally. So we're, we're wired for con contact, but, but you, can, you can facilitate in other ways. You know, even when, we're doing, when you're doing a Zoom call or any FaceTime or any, any other you know software you use one of the ways we can do it is to is to cultivate appreciation gratitude while we're doing it like right now i'm very grateful for the fact that you're you're so you're so easy to chat to and it feels that like we've been friends for years and, and i'm very grateful for that and because that's making it easier for me to communicate and that little gratitude that i'm feeling makes me feel more connected to you mm. than i would do had i not been feeling that so there's little tools, little ways that we can enter the door of connection and, and other ways, the variants of kindness yeah. that help to, to generate that feeling of connection, even when we're not, we're not face to face kind of thing. But, but overwhelmingly, things like kindness and gratitude, research shows that off the scale, they generate that sense of connection. And that comes back to how we started this conversation. Uh, the kindness hormone is actually also referred to as the connection hormone. The gene for the kindness hormone is the gene for, you can also call it the gene for the connection hormone. We are wired to connect. And it's why uh, we're so driven sometimes to get people to like us. Because uh, if you, we feel that someone doesn't like us, deep in the human psyche and deep in our genome is that perception that this is a threat to my survival. Because I need to, we need to connect. And if they don't like me, then 
we're not going to connect here. And that that's a little thing that gets in many of our heads. We think I, I need to please them. I need to get them to like me. But in actual fact, what, what we learn as we go through life, and this is a big part of what self-esteem is or, or self-love, is the, be- the way to deepen a connection is to truly be yourself yeah. and not to try to get the person to like you, but try to display, to take off these masks you know, uh, these metaphorical covers that we, you know, uh, that that prevent us from being ourselves, mm. you know, and actually be fully the person that we are. And then connection is more genuine. So it's a little like, tweak that sometimes we, we go through our lives, it takes us decades to realise. I mean, yeah. I, I, I say that I wrote a book on called this I Heart Me and yeah. I wrote it for myself. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's one of my most successful books. And it's because it took me the, lo- the longest I've ever taken to write a book. And I wrote it because I was struggling with self-esteem, mm. with self-love. And for me, it was that a big shift for me was the recognition that that, that is something we're driven to get people to like us. Because yeah. and so we we, sh- we we present a version of ourselves that we think, or oh, they'll like me there if I change my hair, or they'll like me better if I agree with them, or they'll like me better if X, Y, and Z. But in actual fact, we're not really being ourselves. So we might get a momentary connection but it won't really last that long it won't be really deep but to get a real deep proper connection you've actually got to say you know I'm going to stop showing up as these false Mm -hmm. versions and truly be that which I am and then you'll find that connections are so much deeper some people might vacate your life because maybe they need they also needed a more superficial connection but you'll find that your connections will actually deepen so the, the best way to truly get that connection is actually to show up at your own party in other words to show up mm. as yourself in the in the grandest truest most honest version of yourself you know and that's been a, that's been a huge lesson for me in my life but it's part of what kindness is it's self kindness then is that recognition and willingness to be yourself I love that. And I don't know. I don't know if I answered the. I forgot. You did. You totally was. answered the question. And actually, what it, what it dropped in for me really powerfully as well was, you know, I've been tuning a lot into Brene Brown's work, and she talks about how vulnerability is strength, and that's like, and it was the hardest thing for her to accept because vulnerability is strength, and she was like, anything could be strength. Why vulnerability? <laughs> but yeah. as you're saying that, you know, you're shedding the mask, dropping into our authenticity, that takes personal vulnerability, that self kindness to be raw, to be honest, and be open. But that sort of saying that we're, we're stronger together, you know, power in numbers and actually yeah. taking being vulnerable allows us to connect. And that potentially is where the real strength lies in Absolutely. us is stronger together. That's huge for me. Thank you so much. You totally yeah. answered it and some. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. Can I add something to that? Then one, one of my most profound moments of transformation was talking live on stage. Uh, shortly, I, I'd lost my dog. Uh, it was only two years old, Oscar, uh, yellow Labrador. And he was only two years old. He had bone cancer, very young for a dog uh, to develop bone cancer. We tried everything to save his life. And, it, and in that, the, the months leading up to his passing away, I developed an extraordinary connection that I didn't know was possible with an animal because I'd never had it in that sense. When, when you have the, what feels like the parental responsibility for an animal, and we really connected in a way that I didn't know was possible and I found his loss really painful and he actually appeared he arrived in my life two days before I started working on that self-love book and he passed away two days before I finished as if he was in my life for that that purpose and I remember the book had just came out and I found myself on stage several hundred people big auditorium in London 
uh, in the UK. And I didn't mean to, but I started talking about Oscar. It was relevant to something that, that I was talking about at the time. And I got really emotional mm. and I started to cry in front of all these people, like big intense stage lights on me. And I couldn't stop crying. And you know how in the moment when you, you get really emotional and you know people are looking at you, you try not to cry. So you yeah, go, totally. yeah. And at one point, the, the, the idea entered my mind that, you know, I'm overly concerned right now with how they'll perceive me. I'm supposed yeah. to be the teacher. This is technically a book launch event. Mm. If people see how much of a mess I am, no one will read the book. They'll think, well, I'm not reading that guy's book. He's supposed to be, you know, this guy that's written all these books. Yeah. He's supposed to have it together. I'm not bloody reading his book. And, and that, that's what was, funnily in that moment, that's what was driving me trying not to cry. And then I had this moment of, you know, just clarity. Damn it, but that's not who I am. Mm. Right in this moment, I will not tarnish my, the memory of my, my love and connection with mm. Oscar by pretending that I don't feel that way. Mm. So I just, I thought, I just, I just let go. And I thought, it doesn't matter what, the most important thing in my evolution isn't who buys my books or how people perceive me. The most important thing right now is me just being who I need to be. And that for me felt intensely vulnerable. And I just started crying on stage and I said, sorry, I'm just, I wept for I don't know how long. And then a woman ran up on the stage and gave me a big hug. And then the audience all started clapping and stuff. Mm. And what was astonishing is my book sold out in like two minutes. <laughs> my, my, publisher, my publisher, Hay House, were sending people out into London to buy stocks from shops because they'd ran out in literally two minutes. Yeah. And, and that was the biggest lesson for me, mm. that it, it doesn't matter about people's perception. It matters about who you, how you actually are being in the moment. And for many of us, and certainly for me included, uh, and thanks for you know bringing the conversation this way because this is very was a big lesson for me mm. is vulnerability was my gate doorway into being myself, recognizing that it doesn't matter what people are thinking. This is how I feel. I feel really vulnerable and open and scared right now because, you know, 700 people, I think, uh, looking at me and the lights are on my face, <laughs> you mm. know, and I'm crying here. But you know what? This is how I need to be in this moment. Uh, and it was an immensely transformational experience. And many people actually said that, seeing my vulnerability as a teacher and crying actually made it feel more, the teaching more real. Like it's okay, they don't have to pretend that you're perfect. It's okay mm -hmm. to feel messed up. And that's actually part of the journey. And many people actually reported after that, that it, my crying on stage made them feel more, more validated themselves and made them feel that like I can get there. If he can be crying in a mess and he's writing a book, then so can I kind of thing. And, and that was huge for, I would never have learned that lesson. Yeah. Had that not, had I not that vulnerable, vulnerable moment not taken place. Oh, David, thank you so much for sharing that. And sorry for Oscar. And it's super woo-woo and poetic how he came two days before and then two days yeah. before he left. That's full on. And I just, I'm in awe of your story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, despite the tragedies in it, because in that moment, you know, you stepped into the transformation that the book was then you know, embodying basically, you embodied the transfer like that. It's just, I'm not surprised it sold out. But you actually had the, the courage to just go there with yourself, to allow yourself to be, and that was you hiding yourself. That is, man, thank you so much for sharing that. That is beyond profound. That's 
That's what we <laughs> I love that. It's, it's really <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's, I, wasn't uh, actually yeah. I wasn't actually expecting to share that. It's funny, <laughs> the conversation just sort of, it just sort of yeah, popped in. It's funny how that happens, so isn't it? Actually, that was going to be a point, you know, uh, leading into the next point, which I know uh, uh, kindness is contagious, which is the fifth point. I was actually going to thank you because you thanked me before <laughs> for the flow of the conversation. But I want to thank you <laughs> for the body work that you've invested yourself in. Like this conversation on kindness has got me zinging. And it's something that I've been like, thankfully, there's someone out there like yourself that's committed and dedicated themselves to the research around this and gone. I've got an engineering brain for those that tune into the podcast, know me a little bit. Like I like to go to the nth degree things and you talking about the chemicals and the hormones and how you're, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pathways are opening up and we're cementing down other pathways. It's like, dude, this is my jam. I love that someone's done that work. So kindness right back at you. Gratitude right back at you. Thank you so much <laughs> for the way <laughs> you do. You. And on that note, kindness is contagious. <laughs> The yeah, benefit. absolutely. Tell us about it. it it's hugely good. To, in fact, you know, the, the R number of kindness is somewhere between four and five. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's extraordinarily. But what's amazing is research at Harvard and Yale found that kindness generate, really does generate a ripple effect. And it goes mm-hmm. out on average to what's called three social steps. Now, what that means is let, let's use the R, let's use the R number of five as an example, right? So, so it, it, our numbers vary from you know upper, um, it's very common, very in popular language at the moment. The R number it really means the reproducibility rate, the contagiousness yeah, of, of something. So effect. let's use yeah, yeah. So so let's use the number five as a representative example. So taking the research at Harvard and Yale that it goes out to three social sets. What that means, let's say today you or anyone uh, watching or listening, it does an act of kindness for someone. Then because of how you made that person feel, if you were to follow them around for the rest of the day, which I assume you wouldn't do, but if you did have to follow them around for the rest of the day, what you would notice, because of how you made them feel, that person will likely be kind or kinder Mm -hmm. to five people as a consequence of how you made them feel. Now that's what the R number of five means. But that, that, those five people, they're at what's called one social step away from you. Kindness yeah. goes to three. So what you'll find, if you were to follow those five around with a wee drone for the rest of the day, which obviously wouldn't do, but if you did, then you would find that each of those five would also be kind or kinder to five people over the course of the rest of the day. So that's now 25, and that 25 is at two social steps. <laughs> Kindness goes to three. If you had a swarm of drones and you tracked all their behaviours <laughs> and movements for that the rest of the day, you'll find that each of those 25 will also be kind or kinder to five people. So what you'll actually get is 125 wow. people benefiting from an act of kindness. On average, you know, sometimes it will be more, sometimes it will be less, and it'll depend on the person. But as an average, you, you could estimate about 125 people at three social steps. Most of those 125 you'll never meet in your life. But yet they're somehow benefiting, they're gaining from something, that one thing that you did for that one person. And it's due to that ripple effect. It's like if you drop a pebble in a pond and it goes plop and it creates a wee wave. But if you follow the wave out as it moves out over the pond, you'll notice at the other side of the pond, there's a wee lily pad doing that. (laughs) The lily pad doesn't know why it's doing that, but it's doing that because of the wave. But what set the wave in motion was a pebble dropped in a pond. Now, that's a metaphor for an act of kindness. And kindness is the pebble. And the pond is the fabric of human society. And the lily pad, it's not a lily pad being lifted. It's people's spirits 
because they're on the receiving end of the wave of an act of kindness that was set in motion from that one thing that you did. And it didn't even have to be a big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we get confused thinking, if I'm going to be kind, I have to do something big and noticeable. It's actually the, the multitude of the small things that we do in every, every day, the little compliments we pay, the little moments of just presence where you just be in the moment for someone who just has to say something and talk and just to let them feel validated, the, the holding a door for someone. It's the little momentary things that many of it, most of us do several times a day without realizing they were actually moments of kindness. But these are the things that set in motion all these little ripples. And I, I, I say this because I think so many of us feel many times that we are not important, that we're not valuable, we're not making a difference. But I'm telling you, you every you really are. Every little thing that you do that's in service, it's in momentary benefit to another person is setting off these ripples. And I think it's that that changes the world more than anything else, because that is what is that's the wave that's moving through the fabric of human society. Oh, David, so what is your inspired evolution? What do you see the world as like if you had your imagination set free into the world, inspired evolution, what is possible um, with kindness? What would you, what's your hope? What's your inspiration? For, for me, yeah. it, it's, it's more people uh, dissolving the, the clouds by yeah. recognizing that kindness is actually uh, what, what will actually mold the fabric of human society for the better. And, and more people becoming aware of the actual health effects of kindness and the importance of kindness. And I, I think that recognition begins to burn off our little storm fronts anyway. And I think if more and more of us in the world understood this, then you'll find that kindness will actually play a bigger role in not just what we do, but the way in which we do the oh. things that we do. And yeah. that, that's when we see a really big shift. You know, I, I, I've spoken for a number of corporations over the last year, unexpectedly, since all the lockdowns happened, since the, the beginning of the pandemic, I had never spoken. I think I'd done a couple of Zoom calls in my life and all of a sudden it was mental health awareness year last year and the theme was kindness and because I'd written on kindness I got all these companies over the last year and a half have asked me to speak on kindness and and some really really big multinational countries and what I love about it is they have made decisions to bring kindness more into the heart of what they do yeah, they do. how they do some of the effects aren't necessarily visible yet but they are actually happening within some of these large corporations in the first instance just in how they relate to their how they treat their staff how they make their staff feel included and how they promote diversity within the company and how they're making little shifts to make people feel included and validated and to increase the health and wellness well-being of the staff to take mental health more seriously these are all little things that are happening within these and then it's also about how they impact on each other in the wider scheme and if it's happening in corporations then it's happening in the world as well mm-hmm. and so I, I see more and more of us recognizing the the importance of kindness. And for me, one of the reasons why I teach about and write about it is because if we realize there's science available, for many people, it brings it home a little bit mm. more strongly. Myself included. Us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, me, me too, actually. You know, we often write about what we need to know. Mm. You know, I, I, I've written three books on kindness because I, I needed to immerse myself in that consciousness. Mm. And that's what I needed as, as a male at my based on my background i needed that to facilitate that kind of movement in myself as well yeah i love that wow and so in there 
I definitely can't leave the audience without asking this question of you. What are some of the access points for us to start uh, imbuing more and more kindness into our day? What are some of the easiest ways we can move the needle for kindness? Um, I heard certain things in there like holding the door open, you know, there was my example of potentially, um, yeah, like, the the older the elder the elderly lady that was helping me sort of wrap like you know helping helping yeah. each other out um even just actually your transformation story where you demonstrated kindness to yourself in that moment when you're on stage with that immense vulnerability was a kindness probably afforded to others as well because they like you said gave them permission to be who they wanted to be so that being kind to self is being kind to others um but yeah tell me tell me like is there is there a key access point or are there some of your favorite go-tos in terms of how to cultivate kindness yeah I I, I think we're, we're all we'll notice them differently in our in our own lives. Mm-hmm. I I enter, I go into a, a day, and, and even if I'm going somewhere, I'm going to be out. Let's say I have to go to the shop or I have to do something. I I might say to myself, uh, how can I how can I be kind? How can I be a, a good person? Or even how can I be nice? Yeah. You know, and you'll find that you know a shop assistant sometimes might just show a wee bit of politeness. So I'll reciprocate and just allow that momentary connection. So she's or he is reaching out to me and I'm just reciprocating. We're two human beings and I'm just putting a little bit back there, right back at you kind of thing. Just that momentary bit of connection. I smile and say hello to people almost everyone when I pass them. You know, some people give me funny looks. But I, do it. I do it anyway. You know, a little thing I do sometimes is I call it pinging kindness. Yeah. If I pass people and maybe I see someone cross the street or something and they look sad or stressed i put my finger in my pocket and i just go ping and i imagine a little <laughs> a little a little light a little ball of light of kindness and i just imagine it floating through the air like augmented reality and landing right in their heart yeah and just i see that light just spreading with them and i, I know that sounds woo-woo, but every now and then you see someone just suddenly smiling and it's just <laughs> Such a cool little thing. I do it all the time. You know? yeah. If I if I can't just make eye contact, I just ping like that, yeah. and I do it a lot. But in terms of other access, these are access points when you're not interacting. But I, I just say to myself, how can I be kind today? And and what you're doing, you're looking for opportunities that present themselves because most of the kindnesses you'll do will not be intentional things like I'm going to go out today and I'm going to hold four doors open. I'm going to go out and I'm going to pay three compliments. It's, it's not really, as some kindness can work that way, but most kindnesses will be in response to a situation that presents itself. Yeah. That's the majority of our kindness. So, so look out for each situation and just ask yourself, how can I just be nice? How can I be yeah. a good person? How can I be kind in this moment? And sometimes it will be, well, I, for my own mental health, I have to extract myself from the situation. Mm. And that's being kind to myself. So mm. it, it's for me, there, there's multiple access points and they, they vary from person to person. But I just have that in my consciousness mm. uh, as a practice. You know, there's also kindfulness meditation practice you can do, mm. like the Tibetan Buddhist loving kindness or metta, it's called. These are all pract- access points for daily ways of, of building the sentiment in yourself as well. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And actually one of the um, amazing, all all of it was amazing, but one of the things that really struck me um, in there was sometimes the kind thing is to remove yourself from the situation. That is not like you would think kindness is in the act of doing and presenting and giving. And it's like actually removing yourself can be a self-kindness and a kindness to the situation. I think that's really profound um, in itself as well. One of the things I just like to offer up in this space um, is one of my 
this was one of the most transformative sort of journeys that I went on was um, I did this thing for myself and now I sort of coach some of my coaches into it when they're going through certain instances. Um, and it's, 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 I call it the gratitude challenge. But for me, it didn't really start off as a gratitude challenge, but that's what it's morphed into now. I went on this mission for a while to just collect uh, 15 thank yous a day. And those that have tuned into the podcast and regular kind of will probably know the story. Oh. But I would just go out of my way to just be like, you know what, today, great day. I'm going to get 15 thank yous. <laughs> yeah. And it was just this like agenda that I had. And nobody knew that I was doing this. It was, I knew that I was doing this. But it was like, similar to how you said, I smiled at people and it got to be great. <laughs> like, I remember I used to live in this office, like in this really like apartment tower. And like, I'd be up to like nine for the day or something. I was trying to get to 15. Yeah. So I'd be like holding the door open at the elevator. <laughs> and I went a really long foyer, like a like 50 meter long foyer. And people are coming and I'm like holding the door open. <laughs> <laughs> just like this real creepy dude, you know, just come on. <laughs> you know? And then like people would jump in the elevator and they're like, thank you. <laughs> and <you're> like, yeah, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> and so I definitely went out of my way to sort of cultivate gratitude yeah. in there, but it, it, it definitely worked. And I was doing all it these does. little kooky things or like all these sort of kooky things, but it, it works. And, you know, I even found even just recently actually following um, your work, I was inspired, and I've found um, you mentioned some of the Buddhist practices. There's this one practice that they have, which is you know, you're walking down the street, and every person you see, tell them you love them. And I found that a bit much like being vulnerable. I found that a bit like, you know, I love you, I don't know you, I don't know it's like literally. And I tried it a couple of times, and it felt really inauthentic it was just like oh i'm not sure and maybe there's a whole body of work for me to uncover and look into why wouldn't i love a stranger maybe i can and i should i don't know i digress <laughs> it's not about me <laughs> but there's this uh, the access point that i found was have a nice day i really mm. hope you have a really nice day and i really yeah. hope and so i'm just sitting there in my head and all these people and instead of having to say i love you like i could i found a much more like a shallower way to find like to, to grant that blessing but I genuinely could feel, and I remember you saying earlier in the podcast, how important it is to genuinely feel it. I was genuinely going, I hope you have a really nice day. Like standing there waiting for my coffee. I hope you have a really nice day. I hope you have a really nice day. And I hope you have a really nice day. And exactly how you described, you start zinging. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's, it makes, it makes no sense. But after listening to this podcast, it makes total sense. <laughs> but, yeah. but do you know what I mean? Like you start zinging. Yeah, and here's the thing. So does everyone else. I did an experiment, you know, and it's funny because I, I explained this to my publisher once we were having, I was in the office, I think, and, and they didn't believe me because they said, everybody does this. And I thought, no, this was about in 2005, no, 2006, I was living in a town near London at the time. I, I'm Scottish. I live in Scotland. I'm back in Scotland now. But I, I was living just outside London in a, a little town and I decided that I'm going to say have a nice day to every single shop assistant in every single shop. And I thought, I wonder if it will catch on. Mm. And, and so literally every time I was in, I was you know buying a sandwich. And at the end, I go, have a nice day. And the other person's like, oh, okay, well, you too. And, and <laughs> I, I, I was in a clothes shop, have a nice day. Have, and I did it for weeks, literally yeah. weeks and nothing. And then all of a sudden, it's a tipping point. Everyone was doing it. All of a sudden. I walked into one of the shops and there was a person in front of me and the shop assistant who's never served me before was actually saying, have a nice day to that person. Ah! 
<laughs> so it actually caught on in the sub. And then I went to another shop and the shop assistant was wishing me a nice day. Yeah. And I'd never met them either. And all, it was like a tipping point. And I told my publisher that I did that. I created that in that town. They go, oh, you know, you absolutely. There's no way you can. Everyone says that. Thought, Not in that town they don't. But I started, I was literally relentless. Every, even when I, I bought a coffee, if I was in a, a restaurant, I was having a, have a nice day at the end when I paid my bill and I said yeah. to the waitress or the waiter, I was relentless literally for a couple of months. And all of a sudden, it was just a tipping point and everyone, yeah. all Critical the shops mass. were doing it. Critical mass was achieved. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Ripple effect. That. But it literally took a couple of months. And then all of a sudden, literally yeah. in the space of a couple of days, everyone, and all the shop assistants in the whole place were doing it. Oh. It was my, I, I did that in, as an intentional experiment. And I can tell you, no one was doing it at all. Yeah. I was, this is 2006, it was 15 years ago. And I was relentlessly seeing it in every single shop, every yeah. interaction I had. And then all of a sudden, whew, everyone was doing it. Amazing. I love it. I love it. When we we works. David. Wow, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your kindness, fundamentally, for being here today, sharing it with us, all the principles behind kindness and why it helps us be just better humans, be the best versions of ourselves, and ultimately just how we can live with so much more joy and fulfillment. It, it really, I've, I've drunk the Kool-Aid, seriously. Like I, like I said, I, I set the intention last year and it was it was way harder than I thought it, you know, it was ever going to be. Uh, but understanding these principles in terms of okay like it's just a matter of and i love the metaphor you shared with us you know the, there's always light it's just the storm fronts that we're interacting with and of potentially needing to just slow down a little bit ourselves or get out of our own way a little bit so that we can dissipate our storm fronts so that we can see the light and the, and the brightness and the shininess of everyone within here and so thank you so much for just shining this hope and of kindness into our lives here today thank you on behalf of myself the inspired evolution tribe and audience tuning in we are just so grateful thank you so much Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me to have this conversation. It's been amazing. Really great hanging out. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of The Inspired Evolution. Without you, The Inspired Evolution Tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, Please subscribe to The Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of The Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.